Hi everyone, welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo, I'm the author of the film review website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews there. You can read there anytime at Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to remind you that I do another podcast that covers brand new movies out in the theaters. It's called the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Search for it wherever you're listening to this right now. Just remember that Quipster is spelled with a W instead of a U. Today we're going to kick off another three-part series on this podcast. This one covering dreamscapes in movies of the 1980s. A movie in which going into a dream, sometimes shared dreams with other people, is part of the main plot of the film. I'm sure a lot of you are probably thinking over time as far as what kind of movies that entails, but I'm going to start off with a film that I remember actually liking quite a bit in the mid-1980s. It is called Explorers. It is a film that is directed by Joe Dante. It came out in 1985. It's a PG-rated film. It does have mild language and violence. It runs an hour and 49 minutes, although some home video versions of this run a about two or three minutes less because it was re-edited by Joe Dante for reasons I'll get into during the review. Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, Jason Presson, Amanda Peterson, Robert Picardo, Dick Miller, Mary Kay Place, James Cromwell, Dana Ivey, Meshach Taylor, Danny Nucci, they're all in this film. And the screenplay is credited to Eric Luke. So as far as what Explorers is, it's I guess you would call it another Spielbergian family film from director Joe Dante, but unlike the prior film to this one, Gremlins, which came out in 84, this one's not produced by Steven Spielberg's production house, despite it being obviously very influenced by Spielberg's wide-eyed sense of discovery, his optimism, the sentimentality toward alien contact you can find in Spielberg films like E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind at that time, most notably. Now, Explorers is very much in keeping with that notion that our first contact with aliens or they're going to be technologically advanced they're going to be benevolent beings who mean no harm although joe dante does go further by showing the protagonist that the threat of contact is not going to come from aliens but perhaps by humans who fear the things that they do not understand there's a segment in this film where they go through a montage of films and television transmissions that explore those very issues in our science fiction of humans attacking aliens that they did not understand Now, although Joe Dante is the director, Explorers had been originally meant as a vehicle for the director Wolfgang Peterson, to whom one of the characters' names is dedicated. There is a character named Wolfgang in the film. After the success of Peterson's The NeverEnding Story the year before, they were looking for something like that to capture in Explorers. However, Wolfgang Peterson did have some notions that the producers felt would make the film a little too European for their tastes. Peterson wanted to relocate the action to his homeland in Germany. So the studio dropped their discussions with Peterson in favor of finding a director who had more American sensibilities. That's how they wanted to market the film. It was very important, and that resulted in them pursuing Joe Dante for the gig. Now, Joe Dante has claimed that his film was never quite finished. The studio did not let him complete the shoot. They forced him into editing what he had into something that could make sense and then rushed it right into theaters before it was quite ready for even that. They really had a strong desire to get it out during the summer because they felt that was where it was going to find its audience. Unfortunately, 
The film suffered as a result because of it, and long feeling disappointed that Explorers was not everything that he had envisioned it to be, Dante has subsequently revisited Explorers. He added an extra scene that he had filmed. He removed a few other scenes for that home video release years later. And even with the production problems, the story does still hold together remarkably well. And even if it is a modestly enjoyable experience for people who take it in, it is helped tremendously by its quality casting primarily. Now, I did mention that this is 1985, but Ethan Hawke is in here. River Phoenix is in here. It does mark the big screen debut of both of those future stars from the 1980s, 1990s. Ethan Hawke still a star today. And who, along with Jason Presson, they make up the three young boys who have a thirst for adventure and scientific exploration. In the film, the plot involves them having dreams. The boys have a connection within their dreams to this circuit board that they will eventually use to build their own little hovering spacecraft thanks to the help of a strange spherical energy capsule in which they place an abandoned tilt-a-whirl carriage that they use their computer to control. They use this as kind of a makeshift spaceship that gets them into all sorts of adventures as they fly through the sky before they end up in the latter part of the film in this close encounter with aliens in outer space. Now, fans of Joe Dante are going to recognize many of his trademark elements within the film. You start off with the aforementioned alliance with the wide-eyed outlook that's commonly associated with Steven Spielberg's style of filmmaking. Dante here also pays homage to early animators, Cinematic influences that stem from his lifelong love of B-movies or cartoons, especially in the 1950s and early 1960s on television. He also continues to employ a plethora of in-jokes for the adults to wax nostalgic over, while still dishing up enough exciting visual elements that are going to keep the kids entertained in the audience. The casting of the three main boys, as I mentioned, is where much of the film does work. The result of screening nearly 4,000 contenders for the three main roles of the boys. Ethan Hawke, he had never acted before in anything before doing this film. He was cast in a strange twist of luck. He tanked along with a friend who was going to be auditioning. And then while he was there, he was given a chance on a whim and ended up impressing everyone with his natural acting ability. River Phoenix, he plays the nerdy Wolfgang, albeit reluctantly. River Phoenix had wanted the part that would be played by Jason Presson as this tough but troubled boy named Darren. Phoenix identified much more with Darren than Wolfgang, despite turning in a pretty nice performance nonetheless. Now, as far as Darren goes, Jason Preston is often forgotten as the member of the trio, primarily because the other two actors would become so successful later. But I think he's just as up to the task as the others in this comforting, matter-of-fact way that grounds the more rambunctious mannerisms of the other two friends. And while Explorers is a very simplistic and maybe not terribly mind-expanding adventure, it does retain a likability through good characterizations and a nice sense of fun. In many ways, Joe Dante reversed the trend that he had started in the much more malevolent Gremlins by imbuing his characters and their situations with a lot of sweetness. It comes off as genuine and innocent. And like other Spielbergian-influenced films of the times, this one is all about the fulfillment of one's boyhood dreams during this time where we all believe that anything really could happen. Now, despite the finer qualities of the film, I think the patience for some members of the viewing audience is going to start to wane when the overly cartoon-like aliens are introduced toward the latter third of the film. They spew out a lot of silly gags that are 
neither funny nor really necessary, they lip-sync or they embody the personas of old entertainment icons like Marilyn Monroe or Ed Sullivan or Groucho Marx. However, even within the seemingly jokey nature of the climax, in which the aliens have learned how to communicate with humans solely through what they've discovered by capturing TV broadcasts, there are some poignant notions of how human beings are governed more by fear than they are by trust when it comes to encountering something foreign. And this metaphor also extends to our own fear of each other based on our different races or ethnicities or religions or other cultural divides. The aliens here are obviously standing in as this subject of potential prejudicial attacks. They show clips from times in an American society where seemingly benign entertainment was coded with a lot of the fearful and suspicious examples of hostility toward the other. Beyond that, the costumes, the set design, although they're not altogether viscerally appealing, which probably resulted in some frustration for the marketers of the film who probably wanted cute little creatures that every boy and girl would want to own a doll of, the result of all of this missed opportunity here, rushing that film into theaters, the film ended up tanking, unfortunately, at the box office. That really backfired on the studio. It didn't even make $10 million at the box office. It was crushed in the wake of the massively popular Back to the Future, which was only in its second week of release at the time that Explorers debuted to vie for that same audience. And then it was further buried by a reissue of E.T. into theaters just the following week. It really had a hard time trying to grab that family film-going dollars from the audiences in 1985. Over the years, though, Explorers has gained its small following among people nostalgic for family films of the mid-1980s, especially that they had seen back then. Goonies, Stand By Me, of course, are the main ones that people think of, but Explorers is down there on that list. If you lived during the area and you were young enough, you probably did catch this on cable or on VHS or what have you, and you probably liked it. And given that it's actually a pretty decent film, despite the fact that it was not quite fully finished, and many of the story elements that had been meant to bring a greater sense of the philosophy or the wonderment, those ended up being jettisoned. I think you can only speculate how great Explorers could have been with the time and the care that was normally afforded to films that have something more to say, and certainly Joe Dante was a director that could have delivered the goods on that scale. Nevertheless, despite its production problems and the fact that Joe Dante himself sees the film as kind of a disappointment, at least to him creatively, if not the fact that he does get people come up to him and tell him how much they love the film, I'm going to give it a passing grade nonetheless, even with its problems. I'm going to give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do think that this is a recommended movie if this sounds of appeal to you. If you like those kinds of movies that kind of riff on Spielberg and some of those other films that were not directed by him but did deliver that sense of fun, The Goonies, of course, I've talked about earlier, I think that you should give Explorers a shot. It's not going to displace any of those as far as your favorite films of the 1980s, but certainly it's worth seeking out for those people who want to capture that time and want another really entertaining film within that era to explore. And I guess Explorers is a good one to explore. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. As far as what I'm going to be doing next week, I'm going to go into a little bit more serious film, a little bit more adult-oriented, I suppose. It is a movie by Douglas Trumbull. It has Christopher Walken in it, Natalie Wood in her final film role. It's a movie that I caught on cable a couple of times. It really kind of mystified me back then. I don't know that I fully understood it, but now I'm hoping that I'll look at it today with my more adult eyes and see how much more I get out of this film. It is called Brainstorm, and I'm going to be reviewing that next week on this show. Brainstorm from 1983. Until next time, thanks everyone for joining me on this trip 
around the world in 80s movies. <laughs>